Welcome, and thank you for joining our Bible study for July 15th, 2020. I really am happy you accepted the invitation to be part of this Bible study podcast. When God's Word is sent out, it never returns empty. We are learning, loving, living God's Word. Let us begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Peace be with you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father and most gracious God, today we thank you for your word, and in it we find the revelation of your Son, Jesus Christ. We celebrate that the Bible is one unified story that leads to your Son, Jesus. We ask you today that your Holy Spirit would lead us, guide us, and encourage us to become knowledgeable in how to more appreciate your Holy Word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Before we dive into our Bible study, I just want to tell you that I'm truly humbled that I'm able to use my gift to share these Bible studies with you. And the gift I'm referring to is my love for Jesus. I truly believe that love developed from seeds that were planted in me by loving relatives and friends over the years to which God gave the growth. My hope is that through some small effort of my own that I will plant seeds of faith and trust that God will give the growth. I would ask you to do the same, knowing that we may never see the growth from the seeds of faith that we plant But through our faith and trusting God, we know he will give growth in his time. The scripture we're going to be basing our study on today is found in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Out of the 27 books in the New Testament, 21 are letters or epistles, many of which were written by Paul. Some of my favorite Bible verses are found in letters written by Paul. It would be easy for us to use the letters written in the New Testament as a grab bag for favorite Bible verses. These letters were written against the backdrop of an honor-shame society that existed under Roman rule. As I have learned from the Bible scholar Tim Mackey with Bible Project, It takes some detective work as well as some effort to develop the skill to interpret God's word. I am by no means a scholar of Roman history, but it is important to know just a little bit about what the culture was at the time that Paul and the other apostles were writing their letters. What the Greco-Roman pagan culture saw as honorable or shameful was different than what Paul saw as honorable or shameful. Paul wrote many of his letters for prison. In Greco-Roman culture, for a man to be arrested and detained in a shameful condition of loss of freedom was damaging not only to his sense of self, but his public reputation. Paul turns this negative into a plus as evidenced in his statement where he calls himself a slave of Jesus Christ, that what the world considers true honor is not always so. 
Hopefully you were able to open the attachment with the diagram of social stratification during the Greco-Roman times when these letters were written. There was not much middle class in Roman society. As you can see, the ruler or king was well above most of the lower class or expendables. The point that Paul is trying to get across in one of is one in the same that Jesus announced regarding God's kingdom arriving. It would not be lost on Paul's audiences, but he is proclaiming Jesus is the new king and that the political king does not have any more deity status. If you can visualize this diagram turned upside down, that is exactly a depiction of the new kingdom that Jesus brought to view, especially in the Sermon on the Mount. The first will be last, and the last will be first, sort of summarizes this new kingdom. Jesus is king and ruler, but instead of being first, he places himself in the role of a servant. Keep in mind that today's reading is just a portion of a larger letter that was written by Paul to the Philippian church. Knowing the cultural context helps us understand the radical importance of what Paul is writing to this church of Jesus followers. It is our responsibility as followers of Christ to do a little detective work in order for us to interpret God's word to the best of our ability. We're not going to do this today because of time constraints, but it's also important to put forth the effort to read Paul's letters in their entirety to get the full richness and meaning of how he, ex he ex expects the churches he is corresponding with to conduct themselves. Think about it this way. In a sense, we are reading someone else's mail, and in order to make sense of it, we have to know the setting, which includes cultural norms. Also important would be who Paul is writing to. It would probably be safe to assume that since we're in the book of Philippians, Paul will be writing to the people that made up the Philippian church. But if we had not read chapter 1, we would not know that he was also writing to the overseers and deacons. With a little further research of the Greek translations, you would learn that an overseer is the equivalent of a bishop and a deacon was the equivalent of a minister. As you listen to the reading of a portion of Paul's letter to the Philippians, keep in mind some of the cultural context you have just learned regarding Greco-Roman society. In my Bible, the heading over this chapter Two is titled Imitating Christ's Humility. Now reading from Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. And this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, 
Value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You know, as a result of preparing for this Bible study today and after reading these verses, I am truly humbled and have to ask myself, do I have the same mindset as Christ in my relationships? In verse 3, Paul says, Do nothing out of self-ambition. For the most part, the entire Greco-Roman society was built on selfish ambition. And then when Paul reminds the Philippians that Jesus was by the very nature God, but he did not use that to his advantage, rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. In essence, Paul is asking these followers of Jesus to celebrate the new freedom they have in Jesus Christ by adopting his humility. They were to toss aside their cultural norms, which I can only imagine to be very difficult in the society they lived in. This was a radically new way of life for these early Christians. Valuing others above yourselves was was difficult even in Greco-Roman society, and sadly, we still have a bit of that in our society, don't we? Most of the people in ancient Roman world were simply trying to survive. These people had no wealth, no political power, no real hope of changing their fortunes in life. If that was your story, imagine hearing the news about Jesus, another king who spreads love and life to the needy. Jesus turned worldly structures of power on their head and became the servant who suffers for all. I love Jesus, and I love God's Word, because that's where Jesus is revealed. As the folks at Bible Project would say, the Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. Just remember, it's not quite as simple as just opening the Bible and beginning to read. We all need help along the way. Praying for discernment is one of the best things we can do in our personal Bible study. Well, I do have a relatively expensive, high-powered Bible study software called Logos, but there are plenty of free resources available to you to help you in your personal Bible study. There are many online concordances, Bible dictionaries, and other apps that you can download for your personal Bible study use. There is one resource I can recommend 100%, and that is Bible Project. Do yourself a favor and type in BibleProject.com. 
It is without a doubt one of the most powerful study tools you have at your disposal, and all of their vast resources are totally free. Let us pray. Dear Lord, we thank you every day for your word and your son, Jesus Christ. We, all thank, we also thank you for brilliant Bible scholars who share their knowledge and love of Jesus with us. Lord God, please continue to look over each and every one of us as we navigate this COVID-19 pandemic. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now may God bless you and keep you, and God bless America.